You're listening to Beyond Colouring In, a podcast about geographical ideas, concepts and methods. I'm Ben Garlick, an academic lecturer in geography working at York St John University. Welcome. In each episode of Beyond Colouring In, I'll be engaging fellow geographers in conversation to explore a variety of key concepts and research methods. These chats are intended to provide you with an engaging introduction, or perhaps an alternative way in, to some of the central approaches and ideas in the study of academic geography today. These episodes can be listened to in any order, and we aim to add new episodes all the time, covering more and more of this exciting, diverse and ever-changing subject, whilst reminding people that geography is so much more than colouring in. Space and place are key concepts in geography, and these are terms also that we use in, in everyday speech. At times we might even feel like we're using them interchangeably, and many of us might have an intuitive sense that these are terms that, that mean different things. We might instinctively use them in different ways. Today, myself and Dr Pauline Cooper, the Associate Head of the School of Humanities and lead on the geography programmes at York St John University, are going to discuss these terms, we're going to talk about what they mean, and we're going to talk about why geographers find them interesting. And as ever, we've also flagged some readings that can help explain or expand on the key concepts or methods under discussion. You can find details of these in the episode notes or via the YSJ Geography blog website. But for now, let's get started. So Pauline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ben. Good to be here pleasure to have you. So space and place, these are obviously central terms and they're terms that you in the course of your own career as a geographical researcher will have come across many times. But what do you immediately think of when we hear those terms? Okay, I think um, there's a basic distinction between them. Um, Space, I think of almost in in terms of uh, the way we might define them in physics space has three dimensions, length, width, depth. Um, a space can be plotted on a map, it can be plotted on a, a, a grid of coordinates, if you like. We know exactly where we are according to those co- uh, coordinates. Um, but in some senses space is empty. Place, on the other hand, is much fuller, um, and it's fuller in terms of, I suppose, the meanings we attach to it. Place is how a, how a how a place feels, how our hometown feels to us, um, or, or your favourite football team stadium. How does that feel to you? How do you feel when you are in in that space? That's when it becomes a place. So we can we can automatically get a sense. That these are terms that do get deployed in different ways, particularly in the way that geographers think about them, and that one perhaps captures something that we often tend to think of as a more fundamental dimension of our existence, whereas the other is perhaps speaking to the specifics of how we encounter the environment or the features of our world at, at particular points in time. And maybe we can go into in a little more detail then how we might start to differentiate these terms. So if we were to start with Uh, say space how would you define space to a student who perhaps hadn't heard of this term before i suppose in in some sense 
space is um, it's a way to thinking about spatial relations um, so if I think back to geography when I was at school and we had the, the different models of um, like urban spaces where you've got the central business district in the middle and, and then you've got um, I seem to remember concentric rings. Is that Von Thunen's model? Um, ooh, uh, you're testing me now. I think that's, is that Hoyt? I can't remember. It's one of them. But my point is that it maps particular things found in a particular spatial relation. Um, but there's no sense really of um, the distinctiveness of that city. Um, similarly, uh, now I'm I'm testing myself. Cristala, wasn't it mm. that that mapped relations between settlements? Um, that mapping of uh, a consistent relation between settlements was assuming a, a big plain. Uh, you know, there's no physical features on that big plain, um, and I think that that's what comes to my mind when we talk about space. So looking at at spatial relations, relations that we can map, relations that we can quantify. Um, but are almost devoid of um, particularity in mm. a way. Yeah, I think that definitely when I think of space, I tend to think of this container for for existence, this void, this kind of, it tends to imply that it's almost a, a background in a way um, upon which things kind of happen. Um, it, it, it feels like a much more abstract concept. It feels much more detached from the kind of, realness of of existence but of course those ways of thinking about space are themselves quite political so we've been talking about space as a as a void as a container as a as a, an abstract idea yet at the same time as the marxist theorist Henri Lefebvre describes space exists in relation to the ways in which we conceptualize it so space for Lefebvre refers to our spatial practices the ways we act in relation to our environment and the the meanings and the values we project onto that environment but also space crucially is a concept that is mobilized at particular points in time in relation to particular political interests so I think whilst we might define space in these terms as fundamental as uh being about mobility and flatness um what lefebvre is 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 really helpful to remind us is that those ways themselves of thinking about space are bound up with particular power relations and they do particular work in his case i guess he's talking about the way in which particular ideas of space or ways of constructing space serve the interests of capitalist economics or something so would one example of that be and it's a very clunky example I'm thinking, would would that be the way Imperial Britain mapped Africa as effectively a, a space to be exploited, um, a space that had resources in particular um, localities that uh, we could then um, draw on? Yeah, I, th I think that would be an example from, from what I understand of Lefebvre, which is not a huge amount, but certainly that idea of... of portraying it as as you know terra nullius that empty space um that affords movement that affords action and activity and potential exploitation for profit is itself a, a political construction and, and framing um the the continent of africa as a as a space um uh, awaiting the interests of imperial nations
So we've sort of talked about space being set against place in the sense of being open, of being a kind of domain of movement, of fluidity, the backdrop against which life takes place, although someone like Lefebvre complicates that as a kind of abstract concept, as a container. What then if we think about place? Um, what do you understand of uh, place as a concept that distinguishes it from I would space? say place is lived. Um, places where we have a- attachments, both with the physical surroundings and with other people and, and other living beings. Place is relational in, in that sense. It, it's about the relations we, we build with others. Um, to me, uh, I mean, obviously, the that that whole distinction of um, space and place, uh, I learned in terms of Yi Fu Tuan making making the distinction and and configuring place as as pause. It's you know where we we have time to feel the atmosphere and and to build those relations. Um, but for me, I I also think in terms of the the phenomenologists um so Husserl and, and Heidegger and uh somehow places about being in the world. Um it, it's you know, we're we're always situated in, in the world and and we live our lives and understand the world through relations with whether it's physical objects or um, you know, humans or, or non human living things. Um there's a, a network of relations that have meaning to us and um, and those uh, those networks of relations and, and meanings um, kind of come together in a particular way to create place. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I similarly understand place, you know, in, in those kind of terms of twan as, as pause, as the stopping point, as the site that in some way becomes distinct from other sites because it's a point that is imbued with meaning, but it's also um, to draw on that idea of phenomenology, that, that notion that our understanding of the world cannot be separated from our physical and sensorial kind of existence in the world, that we, we engage with the world through our bodies and know it through our bodies. And so place is is the environment that is is to hand. It is graspable through the senses. Um, it is it is a point that we attach some meaning to. We, we live in it. We attach memory to it. We attach experience. But at the same time, I think place more broadly is is often defined in terms of meaning in in perhaps more representational senses so you know the the act of naming the act of calling this city new york apportions it as a specific city um but even of calling this collection of buildings a city ascribes it particular characteristics that mark it out as as in some way different or distinct from another area of the environment so that notion of thinking about place in terms of location particular coordinate points on the earth's surface or locale a particular association between the environment and the kinds of activities or or sensations or or practices that animate it and then of course sense of place which i think is very much what you've just been talking about that investment of relations with a particular location um I think it's interesting, though, to think about the way in which place often gets bundled up with, perhaps in some slightly awkward ways, with the notion of of scale. And maybe scale's a concept we can come back to talk about in another podcast. But the idea of of the local often gets associated with place. Um, 
whereas space tends to get associated with the global. But that perhaps is slightly problematic in that it, it constructs a notion of place as closed off, as, as separate from the world at large. Indeed it does, and, and actually I think one example that almost counters that is the notion of, of placelessness, um, that, that some types of places can be figured configured as almost non-places. So a classic example is, is airports or shopping malls, um, where you're in an enclosed environment and, and almost anywhere in the world they seem the same, they're anonymous, uh, they, they're full of chain stores, full of um, Costa Coffee or Starbucks or, or whatever, and they're, they're the same everywhere. Um, I mean, those are, are local in terms of being one building or one set of buildings, um, uh, and yet they don't seem to have quite those attachments of, of place, uh, you know, that, that we, we usually associate with mm. sort of sense of place that kind of mm. thing so so i think that complicates it but of course doreen massey's work also complicated that um configuration of of space and place with different scales yeah absolutely so for massey places constructed as as a meeting place as as the point of which a variety of trajectories and relations with other places other times converge to produce a particular unique um coalescing of experience of of matter of people of animals of all sorts of things that creates a particular point that that that's characteristics are unique in its own but also cannot be understood apart from those connections those um trajectories those associations with other sites and other forces and i think that's particularly useful in terms of countering that idea both of the place is fundamentally local because it reminds us that places are made through connections to other places but it also perhaps um, helps us to counter some of those ideas around placelessness in terms of it reminds us that experiences of place are contested and differ so for one person to move through a place as a as a non-place and have no association or attachment or to be able to skate through that place someone else may not be able to and there in the relation to sites like the airport or or the motorway or whatever there's a huge range of really fascinating work by by geographers on the politics and practices of mobility that emphasize how those sites only exist by virtue of of the labor of a whole host of individuals and and others but also become made meaningful through all a host of kind of micro practices that tend to get ignored in in discussions and i think this attention to the way in which place gets constructed through notions of scale it is really important because it kind of takes us back to the point we were making earlier when we talked about space and the work of Lefebvre that there is a politics to how we think about place and, and how we think about place has real implications if we think about it as bounded as unique as as the kind of the dwelt the home then we tend to see those connections from with outside or or those kind of incursions if you like if, if they're framed that way from outside as as a challenge to the integrity of place as as raising the threat of placelessness however if we see places as open-ended as connected as always becoming something else as fluid as contested then those connections are not necessarily negative they are just a fact of what places are and, and part and parcel of the continuous process of, of change. 
crucially though that the the concept of place it's 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 not just a descriptor is it it's a concept it's a way of thinking it is indeed and and i think it's a way of thinking that draws your attention to the complexities and particularities of uh it's really difficult to talk about place without saying the place that yeah. you're paying attention to isn't it um what went through my mind as as you were talking there is it's almost if we were to try to put it in very simple terms um it's almost like, as if space is about where something is and place is more about what it is um recognizing that what it is is complex is particular is contested and may be experienced differently by different people. So, thank you very much for that, uh, Pauline. That was that was great. It was a really fantastic conversation. Um, to to recap, then for the listener. Uh, space and place; these are these are key ideas of, of real interest for geographers, and these concepts offer us a, a means to examine and, and to theorise about the variety of ways in which humans and their environments relate, interact, and, and transform each other. And no doubt, if you're listening to this, you might well have come across these ideas several times in the course of your own geographical studies, or perhaps if you're engaged in the study of another subject, as you've engaged with work that uses the ideas or theories of, of geographers in, in some way. To help you further develop an understanding of the concepts or methods discussed in this episode, we've also flagged a couple of readings of interest. You can find details of those via the episode notes and on the YSJ Geography blog website, where hopefully you'll also find links to other past and future episodes of the podcast. But all that remains to be said for now is thank you very much for listening. We look forward to seeing you soon. And remember, in the words of Doreen Massey, geography matters. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.